0: You're listening to the One Man Show Network.
1: Welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast with your host, Aaron Weinbaum.
0: Hey kids, welcome to the MMA Fight Picks Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Weinbaum, and today we are picking fights for UFC 235 in Las Vegas. Uh, But I am not alone today. I am joined by dave mcgrath how the heck are you man
1: i'm good man i've been painting for this for a while so uh i'm glad that uh you allowed me to Great, this is your first first ever one
0: no uh, yeah no no ahead. uh with the new setup it's my first one i've I've had people on before but uh certainly been looking forward to this for a while uh you, you have uh you you have uh been put to the back burner long enough. I was just trying to get everything perfect here. So don't think it was you, it was me. It's not me, it's you. It's you, it's me. Well, I if, don't
1: know. if you knew anything about my life, then that would be poetic.
0: <laughs> just uh, real briefly before we start getting into the fights, why don't you tell me a little bit uh, about yourself. Who
1: is your sure. daddy and, um, and what does he do? It, it, You know, it's a crazy thing. I, I grew up in a kind of a tough household with uh, my mom and dad and sort of, you know, my uh, escape was watching uh pro wrestling and MMA when I was a kid then the wrestling thing sort of went away and I think I started in MMA sort of like around UFC I don't know 22 or whatever oh wow and uh reading uh back then you know me being 34 years old we didn't have that sort of instantaneous Twitter Facebook Instagram uh um results and you couldn't see what your favorite fighter was eating for dinner that night or whatever. So, uh, I would read the, the PW torch, MMA torch, which is the oldest MMA website on the planet ran by a guy named Wade Keller and getting that newsletter was sort of my escape. And then, you know, one day I just randomly saw Wade Keller post on Twitter that he was looking for contributors and, uh, I hit him up and here I am. Awesome. Awesome, man. And, uh, you know, I love it.
0: A lot of these stories are like that. You guys just plugging away and plugging away. And, uh, you know, the, the greatest journalists I think are people that grew up being fans of the sports. You know, me myself, I'm I'm a little older probably. And uh we when I was a kid, like oh gosh, it was in the nineties, we'd go to Blockbuster and my buddy would be like, Hey, you gotta see what happened. This little guy in a robe just choked out this giant dude. And I'm like, Come on, what what are you talking about? And uh I was hooked ever since then and uh I'm I've never gone back, you know.
1: That's a very common story, man. Yeah, that's where kindred spirits in that sense. And uh, I've been in martial arts since I was, you know, I'm 34. I started, thank God for my mom, putting me a goofball kid like me in when I was like 10 or 11. And uh, still fighting on the regional scene. Still right. very much practicing jujitsu three times a week. My sons are into it now. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It really that's is. Awesome.
0: That is awesome. Um, cool. Let me check and make sure we are live on the Periscope. We are and wow. i can't tell how many people are on all right we don't really have a lot of years but hey if you're on the periscope feel free to chime in on the fight picks you may or may not get a shout out and if you're on the youtube you know go down to the bottom right there and feel free to click on subscribe but um i think i sent you the fights ahead of time so nothing should be a surprise yes. i wouldn't do that to you but Thank you. first up oh, yeah i mean i guess i could That wouldn't be very nice uh and uh <laughs> You know, if anyone that's mad, I'm not picking the uh, Tisha Torres fight. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out on a limb to pick a fight for uh, her opponent that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page yet, probably, and I'd never heard of her before <laughs> today. So
1: I, uh, I actually like Zang over Torres. So if anybody cares, uh-huh. and I think that, uh, yep yeah. nice, go for
0: it. Okay, cool. Uh, Diego Sanchez, Mickey Gall. This is an interesting <laughs> fight. Uh, you know, I picked against Diego. Uh, to lose against Craig White, and here he is, you know, after two big losses in a row where Ally Quinta and Matt Brown basically turned the Diego to dust. He comes off with a win against Craig White, who I thought was going to handle him. And then you got Mickey Gall, uh, you know, who hasn't been around. He was a uh, Dana White looking for a fight. I think he was the first guy, wasn't he?
1: I believe he was the very first ever looking for a fight who actually got into the UFC, yes.
0: Yeah, so, you know, of course he beats Michael Jackson, who went on to fight CM Punk, and then he beats CM Punk, and then he beats uh, Sage Northcutt, they he loses to <laughs> Randy Brown, and he just comes back with a win, uh submission, against George Sullivan. So, mm-hmm. begs the question, what are you thinking? Who you got?
1: So... You know, I'm of the mind, and this is going to be sacrilege for me to say, because watching Diego Sanchez fight growing up was absolutely appointment viewing for me. Oh yeah, I was I was talking on a point on a podcast this week, and somebody asked me, should Diego Sanchez even be fighting anymore? And I'm not necessarily sure he should be. And Mickey Gall sort of has the the stain of the CM Punk on him. A lot of people (laughs) assume we're casual fans that he was fed to CM Punk because he is a lesser fighter. Mickey, Mickey Gall could be a world champion in the UFC. Wow, His jiu-jitsu is excellent. Um, I expect Mickey Gall to run through Diego Sanchez, and maybe this is the last time we ever see Diego fight in the UFC. And maybe it should be. And again, kids, don't at me on Twitter. The bottom line is nobody loves Diego Sanchez more than I do. I grew up watching the man. He's the reason why I'm still in this sport 20 years later. Wow. It's just uh, Mickey's on the upswing, and Diego is, is certainly if not in the twilight, it's, it's pitch black at night. All right.
0: Uh, I agree with you. Like Diego is certainly entertaining. Like when he was the nightmare and, you know, before he really, uh, I guess you want to say found religion and all that, you know, super entertaining. What were you gonna say? I'm sorry.
1: I was agreeing with you.
0: Oh yeah. And, um, you know, I don't like that he sounds punchy in these interviews and, and and whatnot. Uh, Yeah. You know, and now you got all of a sudden you got, Wanderlei coming out saying he's got all these concussion syndrome or post concussion syndromes and whatnot. I don't see how Diego couldn't possibly, you know, in a few years have some symptoms. Um, and you got Mickey Gall who I think you're right. I think he's a talent. I think he could, he talked about cutting down 155 pounds. I'd like to see that. Um, if he, if he can do it healthily, but I kind of agree with you as much as I love Diego, no disrespect. um, I think I got to go with uh, Mickey Gall as well. And I I think, you know, I I don't think he'll submit him. I think uh, I think Diego's jujitsu is strong, but he's shown he's he's having a lot more trouble. Take a punch. So, yeah. So you think that potentially knocked Diego out then? Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, Mickey Gall's not a knockout artist. So I I, it's just but, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, he would have got dusted kind of the way he had been by other guys that are known for, like, one-punch knockout power. No disrespect to the great ally, Quinta. Definitely who, not. Who may or may not be listening, but,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny that you say he sounds punchy because he does. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we've seen everything and with funny. Monderley recently, and we certainly, if you've been paying attention to MMA, have seen the stuff with Matt Hughes in the last 48 hours, so. Yeah gets knocked out. I really hope he drops the gloves in the octagon. Standing ovation from me and then we're we're kind of done. And you know what?
0: If he wins, I hope I, he drops the gloves in the octagon as well, you know. And you touched on Matt Hughes. This is a crazy breaking story where uh apparently his wife and his twin brother had uh filed a restraining order against him. I I don't know. Here's what's not coming out. I don't know what his history was like before the brain trauma. So I don't know if he was naturally abusive then, or this is a result of, of, of the brain injury. So... But
1: if you read his book, he was pretty outward about his abuse towards people. Okay. If you read the book, no. now the guy did get hit by a train that yeah. does change. things. So, um, I'm going to let all the facts come out. Of course, again, much yeah. like Diego math, one of my all time favorites. Um, I'm certainly not excusing anything no. that he's done and no. he said it in print. And I went back to his book this morning, to pick out a couple of key things that I was gonna write about, but he did get hit by a train. He's been hit a lot. And we've seen what happens with CTE. We've seen, you know, guys like Junior Seao in football kill himself. Aaron Hernandez right here in New England, five miles from where I am, became a serial killer. <laughs> it uh it happens. It does.
0: All right. Uh next up, I wouldn't even be picking this fight probably uh if this was six months ago, but now you have the surging Johnny Walker and Misha Serkinov. Now, uh, and please, if I get a name wrong or pronounce it incorrectly, I'm somewhat known for that in real life. So please uh, don't feel bad about correcting me. But, uh, you know, Misha first, uh, or sorry, last fought Patrick Cummings. Uh, he submitted him for that. He's got losses to Glover Teixeira and Vulcan Uzdemir, you know, tops in the division. And he got Johnny Walker. I mean... This guy looks like a stud. I didn't even know who he was until two fights ago. I'll be honest with you. And uh, Mm -hmm. he's only had three fights in the UFC. Uh, First one, I guess, was in the Contender Series. He beat a guy I never heard of. And then he's got wins over Khalil Roundtree Jr. and Justin Ledette. So... uh, Justin Ledette, what, two weeks ago? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it was. was Yeah, it was two weeks ago. Or it was three weeks ago. It it was February 2nd, so... Yeah, this is coming up on March 2nd. I mean, we joke, but it was that's a lo- big turnaround. And, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't know how much weight he cuts getting down to 205 pounds. So if you got to, you know, look what happened to uh, Michael Bisping. You know, he lost a GSP, he turns around tries to cut that weight again within a few weeks to fight Kevin Kelvin Gastelum. And, you know, he said he was malnourished and, and he wasn't ready for that fight. So I don't know what johnny walker's situation is and maybe he walks around light and it's not a big deal for him but what are you thinking
1: i think more fighters i mean look at max holloway when he was offered the habib oh yeah he, the, had to step in and literally tell him you're not cutting weight anymore yeah so that doesn't happen uh i think more fighters should do this i'm i'm on board i'm all in with johnny walker although minka had the hype train behind him for a while he had a he got two big fights against names uh in glover as yep. you mentioned, and uh, Volcanoes de lost them both. Yep. Um, I, like, I like Minka. As much as I'm a Johnny Walker fan, I think that the hype was real. Young fighters yep. lose fights to experienced veterans early in their career. I think he rebounds. I think he wins. As much as I love Johnny Walker, and I do. But I think he rebounds, and um, all of a sudden, Saturday night, we're talking about Minka getting back on track, because at one point, he was the next big thing in the 205 division. And I don't think all that's gone away. I think he just fought some some tough yeah. veterans and young fighters take their lumps.
0: Man, I I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm going to go with the surging Johnny Walker. Uh, but I'm I the first one to say that I, I could be wrong. Uh, and if I am wrong, I wouldn't be that surprised. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how how he comes in. We'll see him weigh in day. How he looks. You know, and this is why I don't I don't like doing these. You know, a few days before weigh-ins because. You know, you never know what's going to happen, you know, and, and who's going to pull out and who's going to, uh, you know, test sure. positive for a picogram or or what or whatever.
1: Going to run down a pregnant chick and go back for his weed. Yes. I get it.
0: Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And, you know, um, but at the same time, I'm not going to do these things Friday night and expect everyone to listen on Saturday. So uh, until I'm proven wrong, I got to go with the surgeon, Johnny Walker. We'll see what he looks like on Wayne
1: Day. And uh, we'll see, man. Next up, yeah. should be fun. Should be fun. It's always is with Johnny Walker. That's one thing we can both guarantee. Yeah,
0: yeah. And what a cool name, by the way. In uh, his are his parents are alcoholics. I'd love to know. Um, yeah. You know what? This card. I I don't usually pick this many fights, but this card, top to bottom, is incredible. Incred- it incredible. It is. It is. Um. But you know, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's coming up, but this is this is going to be hard to beat. You got two. Okay. I'll tell you what's coming up. You, you're going from two title fights to two interim title fights. <laughs>
1: two fights, yep.
0: And I may be mm-hmm. there. I may, I may actually be going to Atlanta for the two interim, uh, fights.
1: definitely going to be there. Are you definitely really going to be there?
0: Oh, all yes. right. Well, we'll definitely have to connect, man. I, I, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta finalize some travel arrangements and make sure I can get it done. But uh... I've
1: been lucky. I was, I've been, I've covered a few cool events in a row. Bellator 216. I covered UFC Brooklyn both live in the house there was tons of juice for Bellator, seventy two seventy two sixteen. excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I, was meant when I, I apologize. In Connecticut, there was so much juice in that building for MVP and Paul Daly. Yeah. There was absolutely no <laughs> juice in the building for Dillashaw and Zahedo. I was utterly shocked in Brooklyn. Wow. And I expect in the market Atlanta, you know, with, with, uh, I expect that building to be on fire. I yeah. Do. I can't wait.
0: So will you be, will you be in the crowd or will you be covering the event as a professional?
1: I will probably be more than likely be covering it as a professional oh. if that doesn't happen. As you know, the dirty behind the scenes here, people of getting credentials like that is sometimes difficult, especially now that the UFC has grown into this brand that all the big media outlets are there. Bellator is never a problem and Victor is never a problem. UFC can be dicey sometimes.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, you know, one of you say is I would like to maybe just go in there credentialed, but it's so much fun being in the crowd, you know, so <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, very true. drinking amongst the people and, and, and whatnot. So uh, uh, next up, like this fight, uh, Jeremy Stevens and Zabit, I can't say it. I, can you say his last name correctly? I go Matt off. Or
1: Shapiroff, depending on how you say it. I say it's Shapiroff. It's Zabit Magomed Shapiroff.
0: All right. Zabit is... That's how (laughs) I'm going to say it. (laughs) But, uh, you know, this just coming out on... uh, On, you know, I guess Eric Hawane broke this, but Jeremy Stevens was contemplating suicide, and uh, I guess after the Jose Aldo fight, I didn't know that. Uh, Did
1: you know that before the other day? I did not, and I was sad to see it because... I just don't understand how, well, I guess I can't because I'm not on that level as of an athlete, but right. if I got fired from my job or had a bad day tomorrow, I don't think, and I don't know if Jeremy has kids. I do believe he's married, but when you tie yourself and your self-worth that much to your job, I mean, man, you hung in there tough and got beat by the greatest featherweight of all time. It's to me, that's just, yeah. you know, we take the L and we learn and we move on, but I was sad to see it, and I became a Jeremy Stephens fan that day. I think he gained a lot of fans. Well, honesty was, you know.
0: He was on an absolute tear. I mean, Gilbert Melendez, Doohu Choi, Josh Emmett. Like, I thought yeah. that one was his probably biggest test since Frankie Edgar. Um, and he did it. And it, that was just one of those deals. It was just one of those, I think it was a body punch that got him, right? Would it was a liver them? shot,
1: and he wasn't winning the fight, but it was just a a, a brilliantly placed liver shot by one of the most virtuous strikers that we've ever seen to me it's just not you know the term I'm looking for it's just you know I'm not that upset if I lose to the patriots in the super bowl I'm not that upset because they it's it's greatness on another level with Ho- with Jose at this time you know
0: oh i know and, and you know and you know that just tells you like how good's Max Holloway. You know <laughs> that guy is a stud, and and I I you know as much as I wanted Al to be in the interim uh, picture there, or at least some sort of title picture there. Uh, that's a real interesting matchup with Max Holloway and uh, Dustin Poirier coming up, which we don't have to talk about right now. But uh, you know some crazy crazy things going on, and I don't I think Jose Aldo beats anyone in that division. That's probably not Max Holloway.
1: I'm hoping that, and again, I don't agree with Max Holloway, who isn't even in 155 rankings, by the way. No. Uh, and I'm the founder, treasurer, CEO of the Max Holloway fan club. <laughs> but, like Ally Quinta, um, Tony Ferguson, I have no idea why he declined the fight. If he did, he'll never circle back to that title picture. If we learned anything from the UFC, it's you strike while the iron's hot. See Covington Colby on that. Oh, for why God. he's not fighting. That's crazy, too. Um It is, and I know we're getting off course, but guys, like, I would have rather have seen Iaquinta, I think he's earned it, I would have rather have seen him if Tony's declined it in that interim fight, and again, does Dustin Poirier and Iaquinta move the needle on pay-per-view? Of course not. But Max is the far superior, you know, fighter to both, and he's a far more interesting fighter, but I'm still scratching my head over that.
0: Well, I mean... First of all, how dare you speak ill of Al? He he could sell a million pay pay per views if he wanted. If he wanted, uh, true. No, Al is. Uh, it, I love that guy. Like just the fact that he participates on that uh, the parody account that I run. I mean, what what a, what a strict the character, and he doesn't understand how much of a polarizing guy. He really is because he's not really all that much out there, you know, compared to some of these right. other guys with their social media and, and everything else. But when he does, you know, when he makes that effort, you know, people want to know what he's got to say. And, uh, you know, just the fact that you can just beat each other to death for however long him. And, you know, it was his 15 minutes, him and, uh, Masvidal or whatever, come up with that promo, boo me, F you, whatever. Um, he doesn't understand how polarizing he is. He doesn't understand that he could say he wants to sell real estate and how many yep. people find that interesting, you know?
1: And, right, uh, how many times he told Dana White to publicly F off? Like, I know. Literally.
0: You
1: know? <laughs> I mean, I don't think he did himself any favors there, and that's probably a big factor. And, and again, you know, you go back to UFC 223. I was in the building. He fought Khabib yep. better than anybody Including the the America's sweetheart Conor McGregor, uh, Ally Queen gave gave Khabib the the, and that's all we can hold on to right now. Khabib yeah. is such a that all we can say is, well, at least somebody fought him well, and Al did the absolute best job against Habib that anybody has. So yep, that's that's something.
0: Ah, uh, I agree, and you know, Al, you know, everyone's it, it's just like Max Holloway in a way because everyone thought that Al's absence in the actual octagon was going to translate to a deterioration in skill. And it didn't, the guy was still training. It just never matched up with when he could fight. And sure. the same deal with Max Holloway. The guy's always been training, but he was just out of the octagon for a period of time. And they, they just, you know, they associated that with deterioration of skill, which guess what? Sure. Not
1: so much. That, I mean, clearly, I mean, where does Al go from here? I'm not, I know we're getting off subject, but I mean, is it, uh, Gechi Barbosa winner? Is I he, he seventy, Seventy, maybe? I don't know.
0: Secretly, I think there's something going on behind the scenes. He's not confirmed this. I'm not breaking anything. There's something going on behind the scenes with him and possibly Tony Ferguson because okay. both these guys are being super quiet about each other. But anytime I put anything out about Tony Ferguson, he's all over it. Um, Al is,
1: rather. So, I don't know. And that's a fight he should want. And yeah. that's a fight he could, it's probably a good matchup for him. I've seen Tony and Conor uh, McGregor trading barbs on, on Twitter in the last couple days. So yeah. I thought they were moved, maybe moving in that direction. What they should have done, and I know this is sacrilege and I'm sure Dana White's listening. He's going to call me an idiot again. But <laughs> um, what they should have done is, is is strip Khabib, if that's what they're going to do, yeah. and open up some sort of Grand Prix type thing. It would have been interesting for the fans I know that's sacrilege. It's not like Bellator has any success with that or anything. No. (laughs) And maybe have a four or six man, whatever. And um, that would have been interesting. That would have been bloody interesting for a promotion that got sold for $4 billion and lost money last year. and needs interesting stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Hang on. I got to turn something down here. All right. So we are way off course, but here we go. Uh, Jose Aldo. (laughs) I'm sorry. Jose Aldo. Uh, jeremy stevens zabit
1: who you got i you know it's i'm again i'm a fan i'm a fan club founder of a lot of fighters zabit is one of them um he's not the striker that jeremy is not many people are his body locks and his submission his stamina is really what wins him fights he's such a unique fighter in fact i can't find any comps of anybody who fights like him Mm -hmm. and obscure fighters um I'm sort of fancy myself. It's not a very marketable skill, but um, I can I can pull up anything out of the hard drive here, and I can't find anybody that's likes a beat. I don't see Jeremy as much as I would love it, and it's a great story. Yeah. Derailing the hype train that is a beat right now. I expect second round, late first round submission of some sort. Wow! From Zabit,
0: look at that. I. I'm going to go strength of schedule here. Uh, Zabit has fought a bunch of guys I haven't heard of. And Jeremy has fought absolute killers, you know. And I think after that Frankie Edgar fight, he realized, you know, I, when I saw him standing next to Frankie Edgar, Jeremy Stevens looked huge. I mean, do you remember that? I do. And Frankie handled him, <laughs> you know, yeah. Frankie handled him easily. So since then, I thought he really kind of turned it up. I don't know that he has. Let's see. Before, when did he lose to Frankie here? Gosh, that brother. would have been
1: 2014,
0: 15. Yeah. And then after that, he lost kind of a split decision to uh, Moicano, which yeah. uh, that could have went either way, I thought. And then, you know, he comes back. Well, on Mo-
1: Go ahead. Moicano's a killer and it could have went either way.
0: Right. You know? Yeah, so I'm going, Jeremy, by strength of schedule on this. I I hope. Okay. You
1: know, uh, this is my You're hoping go back and watch. Uh, I'm going to call out a hometown boy here, Kyle Bochniak. Okay. He fought Zabit two fights ago, and he took Zabit into some deep waters. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Bochniak is a brawler. He's a Jeremy Stevens-type fighter. Yeah, um, He's an elite striker. He's one of the toughest of the tough guys. And he took Zabit into some deep water. And, and Zabit passed the test. I expect that this fight to go much like that one. And if people didn't see that, I beg you to go on Fight Pass and check out Zabit and Kyle Bochniak. It was a prelim fight that was buried. And it was one of the best fights of 2018. Check it out. This fight will go much like that one. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, uh... I'll have to go back and pass and actually check that out. Cause I don't remember that fight. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I watched it, but you know, so many fights and uh, that's why you're a professional. And I'm just a dude that likes to pick fights, you know, <laughs> uh, next up, this is an interesting fight. You got Cody, no love here, Cody Garbrandt and Pedro, Pedro Munoz. Um, you know, Cody was not too long ago on the very, very top of the heap. He, out, Dominic Cruz, Dominic Cruz, you know, and then <laughs> comes back to lose two in a row against TJ. Uh, at least, you know, the first fight, I guess he made it the second round. The, the second fight, he almost made it through the first round, didn't. And then you got Pedro Munoz, who, uh, got a couple wins here. Uh, Brian Caraway, Brett Johns. Uh, you know, if you're going to play the strength of schedule game, you know, not the same caliber fighters that Cody's, uh, gone up against here these last few times so what are you thinking
1: so if we go back to the first dillashaw fight yeah cody had tj on the ropes not literally but he was had him down ground pounding him had hit him with a wicked right hand if there was 20 more seconds in that round we have a much different narrative we're probably getting ready for tj cody part three at this point because cody would have knocked him out fought very emotional against tj he has sort of the Aaron pico syndrome as i call it he's (laughs) All of a sudden, Cody Garbrandt thinks that his right hand, he's a hes a—he's a knockout artist. Right. He's not. And every time he tries to play that game, he gets knocked out. He needs to go back to, like you said, he beat the greatest bantamweight of all time, Dominic Cruz. He did. And he did in such a beautiful, artful way. And he totally got away from that with TJ and dropped two fights in a row. If he can get back to that, he'll have no trouble with Pedro. Although I do think Munoz is underrated. And this one's going to be a lot more interesting than people think. But I do like Cody. Yeah, I did too, and if you look at Pedro's
0: last loss, it's John Dotson. He could have won that fight. You know, Rob Mm -hmm. Font's pretty good. Uh, Justin Scoggins has been around forever. Russell Doan. Uh, But, you know, I like Cody too. I think it's kind of the same deal, like in the 205-pound division. There's TJ, there's Cody, there's Dominic, and then there's everyone else. You know what I mean?
1: And sure. Yeah, it's I, I, not a very... Uh, well, there's some up-and-comers that we don't know about yet that are coming. Corey Sandhagen jumps to mind. Right. 135 is going to be a lot more interesting. Yeah. By the end of this year, I think it'll be a lot more interesting than people think.
0: Oh, oh, God, and Aljamain. Sorry, Aljo. Uh, Aljamain, for sure, too. I think he's he's, he's in there, too. Sure. Know he fights kind of ugly, but he's got good fight IQ, and uh, I think he's underrated as well. So. The problem
1: in that division is they need to figure out like most, play, most divisions in the UFC is they need to figure out what are they doing at the top? Is Henry Sejado coming up? Is TJ Dillashaw going down? Like, what are we doing? We need clarity.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think the answer is that Henry is coming up. It's just a matter of, I think Henry's pining for more money for what I understand. So sure. we'll see. He played that game once and lost. Uh, so yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, uh, unless that, if it wasn't clear, i Definitely picking Cody on that deal. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got it. Like you said, there's there's levels to this game. All right, I don't know if you can see what I got here, but you know what that is right there. Can you see me? I don't. I don't see that. Okay, so that is a Missouri Tiger emblem that oh, I am wearing.
1: Okay. Uh, Oof, we're probably not going to get along then.
0: Uh, oh, son of a okay. bitch! Really? I got. I, listen, I am an alumni. I graduated from there, my daughter is currently going there, and when have you ever had more champions belted up that are from uh, a single college, okay, because you had Chandler, Askren, Woodley, sure. all at once, belted up, and I think I'm missing somebody, actually, but I, I can't think of who it is.
1: You're missing somebody, I know there's another name that went to Mizzou who's a wrestler, but I can't, I can't grasp it at this moment, but I know you're missing somebody.
0: yeah. So Ben also uh, has a lot of fun on the social media and I got him to follow me briefly just because, hey, I, I said, why does everything always tie back to real estate? I said, hey, if I could tell you who sold you your first house, you got to follow me. So he followed the Dana account for just a little bit. But wow. I, we still banter back and forth just very, very rarely. When that guy trains, he trains. He doesn't He doesn't fart around too much, you know. Um, and he's uh, – yeah, it just so happens, like, one of my friends from high school sold him a house, because I'm from near Columbia, where he lived. Uh, so, cool. <laughs> And you never know. Uh, and, and that's just kind of a... Just, so that's just a weird uh, piece of trivia there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so let's talk about this for a second. Robbie Lauer. Uh, golly, man. Th- this guy's a warrior. Yes. Listen to Rafael dos Anjos, but I think his knee about fell off, if I'm correct. He... Yep beat Donald Cerrone, and they beat him good. I, I remember that fight. Got starched by Tyron Woodley, but anyone could do that. And, sure. you know, wins a war against Carlos Condit. Uh, Rory
1: McDonald, one of the greatest fights in yeah. UFC history.
0: Oh, my gosh. And that was one minute left in the fifth round. He just broke
1: him. Broke his face, basically. Literally, you will never see a fight end like that. It was literally just my face fell off. It's over.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. okay, Rachel Rich just came in here and said, Robert Dylan. I'm not sure what that means here, where'd the comments go? I lost the comments here, oh, Fields, okay, I'm not sure what she's talking about, and all of a sudden the comment. oh, there they are, okay, hang on here, oh, she sent me a super heart, well, thank you so much, uh, anyway, yeah, you. yeah. hey, that's a big compliment, alright, cool, alright, anyhow, um, yeah, I, I that was a crazy fight, Robbie Lawler. Um, you know, and then that Johnny, those, the two Johnny Hendricks fights were incredible too. This guy has just been in some wars, you know, and they, and they a lot of them go the distance, you know. And then you got Funky Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is hard because you can say what you want about the caliber of people he's fought, but you know that last fight um, in Bellator. Uh, it was Kresh Kreshkov, is how you say it, but um, Kreshkov, Kreshkov, yeah. Like he mopped that guy up, and then, then he made Benson Henderson look bad. Now, mind you, Benson Henderson is not a natural welterweight by any means, but sure. And, and then you know Kreshkov has had some success as well. I mean, let's see, let's look at his record for just a second. You know, he his last fight was Douglas Lima. Yeah, yeah, he
1: did. He, he, Douglas Lima is the best of the group, and Ben absolutely killed him, too. So. Yeah, that,
0: yeah, exactly right. And, you know, he had a win over Douglas Lima as well. Um, and let's, you know, Douglas Lima's a killer, too. He's, he's fought some tough, tough people. Let's look at Douglas Lima for a second here. He's fought. Uh, he lost, uh, obviously, to Rory. Uh, mm-hmm. He beat Lorenz Larkin. That surprised me a little bit. Yep. Uh, Paul Daly, uh, that doesn't surprise me so much. Rick Hall, Ben Saunders, yeah, crazy. So, yep. uh, you can say what you want about the caliber of people that Ben has fought, but, you know, the guy's an Olympian, he's an athlete, you know, um, I think probably the best record still in Mizzou history. Uh, man and at the same time it's hard to pick against Robbie but since it's my podcast i'm going to make you go first
1: <laughs> sure um i think ben's a brilliant self promoter i think guys who are a extremely one dimensional get exposed against top competition yeah me and ben have gone at it on twitter before no oh, yeah i told yeah i've asked him to come on my podcast no avail yet but <laughs> you know up competition Robbie Lawler's a war horse, much like what we said with Diego Sanchez earlier. He's been in the wars that could show. We have not seen Robbie in two years. Nobody knows what we're getting. Um, that being said, with Ben, his hands are terrible. His stand-up <laughs> game is is, I mean, there's nothing there to speak of. I mean, it's a it's a it's a zero. Um, guys like Habib Nurmagomedov have had that same scarlet letter put on him. Habib's stand-up game has really really gotten better. Yeah. Habib, ben Ask makes Habib look like. Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah. I think people are going to out of this fight and go wow. It's either going to go one of two ways. I do expect Robbie to win, but I could easily see Ben just laying on top of him for three rounds and winning a decision. But if every round starts on the feet and Robbie is really going to expose Ben on Saturday. This is one of the top strikers in the history of the welterweight division, a brutal matchup for Ben to start off with. But then again, when you come in with that much self-promotion and an undefeated <laughs> record, where are you going to start? You know, you're going to start with an unranked guy? Probably not. <laughs> so I get it. I just think that we all walk out of this thing on Saturday and go, Ben's got a lot of work to do to face up against top competition. If Ro- if Robbie can stop some takedowns, all of a sudden, what do we have? We have a stand-up battle, and we have one of the best strikers, like I said, against Ben Askren, who is not very accomplished. Rory McDonald's a pretty good wrestler. He couldn't put Robbie Lawler on his back. Right. I mean, we can go day on, so... I know you Mizzou guys, listen, I love Tyron Woodley. I would never pick against him, so we'll be happy in the next fight. But I'm picking against Askren, probably a knockout.
0: Oh, man, I can't do it. I can't pick against Ben. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. But it's. I will concede that it's very possible. I mean, we've seen Ben get rocked before. It is very possible that Robbie catches him on the way in. Because um, Ben, you know, Ben. You know, it's no secret what Ben's going to do. I mean, he's going to, he's right. going to go for a leg. And he's going to take you down or he's going to, he's going to body lock you or he's going to do whatever. I and mean, if that happens, uh, you know, what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, he, he's going to ride right. him. but here's the other thing too. I don't think he's going to finish him in one round. I don't think Ben's going to finish him in one round. Um, you know, so that round starts over. Where does it start? Starts on the feet. Sure. Uh, so, but I am going to pick Ben, uh, Gosh, darn it! I, I hope I'm not wrong because I'm 100. Uh, you know, I don't like to pick with emotion, but I'm probably a little bit picking with emotion here. Uh but you know what? I it, it, it's a whole different level. You know, you, you see Daniel Cormier. uh, you know when you're at that Olympic level, or you know in the Olympic training center or whatnot. And I think, uh yeah, I'm going with it. I'm going with
1: I'm going with Ben, funky Ben Askren, and then. Uh, Guys like Go ahead, Daniel Cormier, Gregor Gillespie. Yeah, the Gillespie. list goes on, and on, and they've all had great success in the UFC. So uh, I don't think you're that far off.
0: Uh, Gillespie just got a fight. Did you hear that? Gosh, dang. against Kevin. Lee? Yeah, Kevin Lee.
1: That's right. Gregor Gillespie is the best unheralded fighter that nobody knows anything about, and I think he's the toughest matchup in the 155-pound division for Habib. I really believe that.
0: I think he runs through Kevin Lee, by the way. Um,
1: Kevin Lee's the most overrated fighter in maybe in MMA history.
0: He is. <laughs> uh, and when it comes to big fights, yep. he loses. Um, you know, the about I, the Barboza fight, he, I, I thought that was incredible. I mean, I thought he was out on his feet and you know, got sure. a double leg somehow. But,
1: yeah. Listen, I, I'm, I do a mea culpa because I think two years ago I said on my podcast that Kevin Lee is going to be the guy who eventually runs down Khabib and he's going to be the lightweight, you know, king for the next 10 years and I couldn't have been more wrong. He just doesn't grow. That's the thing with him is uh-huh. like, I just don't see those leaps and bounds growths that you see from young fighters from right. fight to fight. And again, I know he fought Tony Ferguson with a staph infection and you know, he's uh-huh. lost twice to Ally Iaquinta now, but this, is a t- you know, kudos to Kevin for taking this fight. Nobody right. knows who Gregor is and he's a horrendous matchup.
0: No, he Oh, what he did to Vince Pichel, and I like Vince, uh, but uh, I actually got to see Gillespie fight in Pittsburgh, and uh, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I was with a buddy of mine. I I flew in. It was awesome. He got floor seats, and it was a great experience. Except I got food poisoning, and so if you've ever been on the floor before, you got to know one thing. There's probably no bathrooms
1: down there. Yeah, it's like a mile walk when you're on press row, press rows like on the other side. Like I, I get, I know the struggle.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I don't know where we ate. We ate some hole in the wall, you know, right there in the square at Pittsburgh and, uh, Oh, this place looks cool. And had, you know, you know, a bunch of celebrities pictures on the wall. I guess I should have taken an effect that most of them were dead and it could have been from eating there. And, uh, <laughs> so I got some seafood thing and anything that comes out in scoops, uh, you know, it was like a seafood salad thing. It came out like two scoops. My friend and I both ate the same thing. We started feeling sick. And I, I mean, I was sweating bullets by the time we got there and I missed, I ended up missing rock holding branch. We had to go back to the hotel cause I was dying. So I'm like, shit, this is it. And, and I, I'm, I'm getting sick. I, I, right then and there and I go, I go up to the floor attendant or whatever it is. And I'm like, Hey, is there a secret bathroom? She's like, no, I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to that trash can. I'm not drunk. I promise Great. you, I haven't been overserved, and I'm. I just did it. You know, sweat's pouring off of me. I I ended up just dry heaving or whatever. That's a little too much information. And then I lift my head up, and there's about forty people there with their phones recording me. You know, and this could have been on Fox or whatever it was. And thank God, wow. no video ever came out there. And then you know, I came back down there a little more. I yeah, you know, with the bathroom whatnot. And, and then we ended up going back to the hotel. It was awful. It was horrendous.
1: And, uh, it was probably some demented Steelers fan. I hate Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. I mean, I'd never been there before, but like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm glad you're on the men, brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that been, uh, been years ago. But uh, next fight. This, come on. You already kind of gave the spoiler. I know who you're picking. Tyrone Woodry, Carmel Usman. Uh, Usman, super ugly fighter, but he gets it done. Um, you know, man, this is one of those deals, you know, he beat, who did he just fight? He just fought, um, just- yeah, you know, I th- I think a great fight, honestly, everyone would complain about it. I would love to see Usman and Colby. Um, I want to know who the better wrestler is really, but his striking, I don't I don't see it, you know, and yeah, he 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 ran through Dos Anjos, who is a striker. So that's interesting, but doesn't have uh, doesn't have, obviously, the wrestling credentials of a Tyron Woodley. He's not that big. You know, yeah. let's face it. Um, he'd probably be suited for 165 pound division, but beats Damien uh beats Emil Meek, Sergio Moraes, Sean Strickland. OK, and then, and then we go down the list of a bunch of people you haven't really heard of. Um, or maybe, you know, the Harco fans will, but then you got Tyron, uh, damn, did he look freaking impressive against Darren Till and sure, say, I mean, say what you want about the Damian Maya fight being boring, but shit, Damian tried to take him down probably a million times, you know?
1: Sure. And the game Damian had all the hype behind him, you know, the Jitsu champion. I mean, listen, let me just get on my soapbox for two minutes with this fight. Uh, All the time I just before. saw on Instagram that Colby Covington is on his way to Vegas, so I'm assuming that you know he's going to be sitting cage side this Saturday. Great. Yeah, I'm Colby Covington and his money. This fight's been brewing for two years, and we yeah. don't have it. Instead, we have a prisoner of the moment fight where Kamaru Usman out wrestles the perennial gatekeeper Rafael dos Anjos, and Colby Covington probably turned down the fight or some bullshit. Who knows? But we had the biggest money fight that we could possibly have in the welterweight division completely evaporated in front of our eyes. Instead, we get this piece of crap between Usman <laughs> and Woodley, who Woodley is on such another level than all of these guys. Woodley has no holes in his game. He's a game-plan fighter. He was different against Wonderboy than he was against Maya than he was against Till. He executes it brilliantly. He's inching towards being the greatest welterweight of all time. And he's certainly one of the top five best pound-for-pound fighters on the planet. Yeah, the problem with Woodley is his boss shits on him at every every chance he can get. That gives people a negative connotation of who he is. Bottom line is, Tyrone Woodley is one of those guys we're going to appreciate more when he's not here as time goes by. Yeah, enjoy it. He's one of the greatest welterweights of all time. He's about to do it again. I expect Woodley to potentially even knock Usman out. What I'm worried about is we're going to get one of those five round wrestle fucks that we get sometimes, and you know everybody will boo Woodley at the end and not understand that. They're watching greatness, and uh, I hope we get that Covington fight. That'll be a nice bow because uh, excuse me, Covington and Woodley would headline anywhere. That is so much money. These guys deserve the payday. Say what you want about Kobe; he's the toughest matchup for Tyron Woodley in the welterweight division. Cut through all the bullshit. Yeah, he's a good fight. He's got great cardio. He's a good wrestler. He's a good striker. As fans, journalists, whatever, we deserve that fight.
0: Well. I will tell you this. There's a huge difference here between uh, Camaro and uh, Woodley is, you know, listen, Camaro is a great wrestler with not that great a striking. Well, guess who uh, Woodley's main training partner is? A better wrestler with not so good striking, you know, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a better training partner, you know, not so much for Ben because Ben's not fighting a fighter anything like you know, Robbie, or, uh, Tyron Woodley, you know, Robbie's just a, a striker. Uh-oh. Did I lose you for a second? Aaron? Yeah.
1: What's up, buddy? Can you hear me? So sorry about that. That's I took cool. a brief foray off, and I, I hit the button with my fat finger.
0: Oh, damn it. Well, I was making the best point ever, and you totally, totally missed it. I'm sorry. Let's but, run that back. Let's Go run it back. I was saying, uh, I, I don't think you missed too much here, that, uh, you know, you got Tyrone that that trains with Askren, you know, which is a perfect, perfect clone of Usman. You know, great wrestler, not so great striking. But, you know, on the other end, it's a disadvantage for uh, Askren because he doesn't train with someone, you know, that fights like Robbie Lawler. So I, I think, if anything, the training situation here is a huge advantage for Tyrone here. And... You know, I, th- I think it's going to be an easy day for Tyron against uh,
1: Usman. I couldn't agree more. I think uh, we come out of this fight Saturday, and the biggest thing we're talking about is whatever statements between Colby and Woodley end up happening. Because I know that Colby's going to be sitting cage-side judging mm-hmm. by his Instagram, and we're probably all going to ask, why in the hell didn't we get that fight instead, yeah. of, uh, instead of an Usman fight? But again, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Colby could have could have declined the fight. We know that the fight's been booked 80 times, and it's never happened due right. to various things. Both guys will not fight. To their credit, Tyron Woodley will not fight unless he's 100% perfect and ready to go. And he shouldn't. No. He's 36 years old. He's the champion. He has the right to do that, bottom line. So I'm looking forward to it. Anytime I get to see Tyron Woodley fight, I'm happy. Uh, as, a, as a study, as a, as a sort of a guy who... Likes the technical aspect of it. He's the best. Yeah. He's brilliant.
0: He is. He really is. And, uh, you know, you're right. He's underrated in his time. And w- we'll see what happens, um, you know, a few years from now, you know, when, when he walks away from the sport. And there's uh, talk of him also. And I think he wants the Colby fight. I think he wants one more fight. I think he wants the Colby fight if he wins <laughs> this. And he wants to go up to middleweight, which I I don't know. I don't know how big of a guy he really is. I've stood next to him before. He's not huge, you know. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs>
1: Go ahead. He's built like sort of like a tank. He's short and he's yeah. very stout. Um, I think he'd have success at middleweight. I'm not in love with anybody uh, at middleweight. I'm I'm not necessarily sure that Israel Adesanya is a better fighter than Tyron Woodley or Yoel Romero or Kelvin Gastelum. Certainly not. Uh, so we stop at the champion. I think Whitaker and, and Woodley would be a money fight. I would love to see that. So I think he's got... He's got some years ahead of him and making big money, and it could be at 185 after Colby, because Colby's going to be huge money. Put Colby on the radio, put him in the media every day leading up to the fight. You know, three months, let him sell it. It's all money. And by the way, you want to talk some bait backstage
0: drama and whatnot? I don't believe for a minute the feud is real between Colby and Dana and the UFC. I think it's all a big staged act. I think he had some medical things going on, and I think he knew he couldn't take this fight. And that's just my that's just my opinion. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm way off, but what are you thinking on that deal?
1: I, that's a great. I hope that's true. I, I don't see any reason why this guy would go to the White House and give Donald Trump right. the belt. I mean, right. for a minute there, a snapshot in time, Colby Covington was the biggest star in the UFC. He was. And we're, we're sitting here at a fight card, you know, uh, UFC 235, where we could have had that fight. And instead, we're stuck with Kamaru Usman, and no disrespect to him, but his resume is 100% incomplete. He needs a little bit more time of beating top fighters before I think of him as a championship contender. Colby is the interim champion yeah. right now. Yeah. So we could be unifying the belts. I'm disappointed that we're not. I'm going to hope that your theory is correct, and maybe he was just injured. They staged the whole thing, and that got him heat. And that's well, great. And if he jumps into the octagon, or they have a little interview with Joe Rogan in between them on Saturday night, that's going to get us all hyped up again. We're only going to be looking forward to Kobe Woodley somewhere in the summer, and not really talking about Tyron Woodley' good, great performance against Usman. So,
0: yeah, it doesn't make sense that that fight didn't happen unless Kobe was hurt. And he listen, Kobe hasn't fought in a while now. I'm not even sure when the
1: last time he fought was. But you last know, he fought but, was when he won the interim title from. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos said so that would have been in Chicago the night of Whittaker Romero. That would have been UFC 225.
0: Okay, so that would be way back here. I'm looking it up real quick. That was that was June, June 2018. At the
1: United States in Chicago. Okay, so yep. it wasn't
0: actually as long as I thought. But the problem is this. You know, out of sight, out of mind, his online shticks getting a little old. And, and Sorry, he's Mike. not fought as recently as, as like a Tyrone who just ran through Darren Till or uh, Usman, who just had a great fight against uh, Dos Anjos. So, yeah, but I think we both agree here. It's uh,
1: Tyron. Tyron. Uh, Tyron, Tyron, Tyron. There's not many people I would pick against him.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Okay, now, the main event of the evening here, (laughs) I don't think we're going to disagree on this, but you never know, the great John Jones, you know, who only takes time off of work for drug-induced uh violations. <laughs> and uh yeah. So and then uh Anthony Lionheart Smith, who I actually also got to see starch uh Hector Lombard in uh Philadelphia, same card. So not Philadelphia, I mean sorry, Pittsburgh. Yeah. So most recently, uh listen, this I thought I, I, I said this last week. If um Tiago Santos wins, he's got the claim to say he just beat, you know, the light heavyweight contender. Now, mind you, this is back in middleweight, just beat him sure. not very long ago. So, that's going to up his value. It's, you know, win or lose. If if he, if he Anthony Smith loses his fight, but he puts up a hell of a fight, you know, what does that do in memory math to Tiago Santos, right?
1: Sure, I mean... I don't know how we got here. I really don't. John must have something in his contract where he probably <laughs> get paid more to be more active. Yeah. If you're going to turn around from Gustafson, I would have rather have seen him with Tiago yeah. uh, or Corey Anderson or moving up to heavyweight, maybe fighting Stipe. I think that was on the table at one point. Yeah. Maybe fighting Francis Ngannou before this fight was booked. I just don't know how we're propping up Anthony Smith and you expect me to buy in any way, shape, or form, nor have I heard a compelling argument for Anthony Smith in the lead up to this. I expect this to be a typical John Jones performance and probably an early knockout win. I mean, I know Smith's jujitsu yeah. is good. John has also been focusing more on jujitsu, which should be horrifying for the rest of the UFC. If he can keep his nose clean, I think the better bet that literally, would be <laughs> John wins. And get stripped of the title by like 9 a.m. the next morning. I would expect that to happen more over Anthony Smith winning.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I'm with you. And at the same time, besides Daniel Cormier, who's there really left to challenge him right now? I mean, who, 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 who would be your ideal fight right now besides Cormier
1: against John Jones? I think On for John, and I know they talked about the Brock Lesnar fight for Daniel to make money, but I think I would argue that. John Jones in D.C. would do far more money, and that right. should be the only focus. So I'm hoping that John does the right thing business-wise, plays the bad guy, because we know he is one. Stop with the good guy bullshit, John. Yeah. We know you're a bad guy. Um, simply just win your fight, a fight you should win, yeah. and then get the bike and say, Daniel, you know, daddy's home. Let's do this over the summer. Let's do it at heavyweight. Yeah. John Jones will have his champ champ opportunity. D.C. will get his chance to make his big money and also get some retribution and walk off. Yeah. If you can walk off with a win, some of that goat talk really starts to get murky. Yeah, And uh, oh, I think that's the only thing that, again, what we'll take away from this pay-per-view is a lot of future stuff with Woodley, with Jones. Because I don't see either one of them getting threatened in their fights now. Right. If you're a Vegas guy and you've heard my picks before, you should run right now and bet on the underdogs because I absolutely suck. But I just see no way that John Jones loses his fight. None.
0: I, I don't either. And I, I I think John is a little scared of Dan at uh, Cormier at heavyweight. and Because he's a whole different animal. I mean, he's a big dude. And I've seen him live before, just walking around. He's a huge yeah. guy. I, I, how he gets yeah. down to, you know, obviously he's not very tall. But that dude is thick. And how he cuts down to 205 ever is crazy. And, you know, but, you know, cormier beats anyone that's not john jones in that division A
1: heavyweight he I, think, I think it's
0: a more interesting fight
1: i think that if daniel can do and i've said this in both fights in the lead up yeah if he can make it a wrestling match if he can get into the high crotch and, and do the outside leg trips yeah and get john on the ground and do that consistently he will win yeah but he can never cover distance properly enough to not run into right hands leg stomps head kicks He's just not figured out how to manage the distance. And nobody has. John is long. No, He's a freak athlete. He's the best talent that we've ever seen in the octagon. But if Daniel can somehow get him on the ground and make it a wrestling match, it's going to favor him. He's going to win those battles every time. Yeah.
0: Um, Now, let's say there's no DC in this picture. Let's say John Joe says, I'm never going to heavyweight. 205 is my home. Who would you like to see him fight?
1: I would like to see Joel Romero fight at his natural weight. Yes, because he never makes one five anyway. No, and crazy. go up and challenge John. I think that would be great. I think Israel Adesanya's is ultimate destiny. Ultimate destiny. Yeah. Don't at me on Twitter. I'm not talking about next week. I'm talking about two years, three years down the line. He is a John Jones clone. He's long. Yeah. He's a great striker. I think he could give John some trouble, especially once John becomes 34, 35, gets some wars behind him. Israel Adesanya, Yoel Romero. If there's no DC, right? If there was no DC and John still had some interest in moving to heavyweight, then you have the Brock Lesnar's, which I'm not interested in. Brock is not a good UFC fighter. WWE nerds, please do not at me. He's not at Irish So MMA I'm not interested okay. in that. But Cain Velasquez, it went healthy, Francis Ngannou, Derek Lewis, Stipe Miocic, all of those would be interesting. Wow.
0: All right. That that's good, man. That you know, and I didn't think about Yoel, well, and you're right. Um, but yeah, he's not an 80, 185 pounder anymore. You know, all those steroids put on
1: some weight and, uh, uh yeah, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. a horrifying human being. People would buy the fact that Yoel Romero could beat John Jones in a dark alley. Yeah. Yoel is the scariest human being I've ever seen. Yeah. I think that fight could be money. And I think again, Yoel is an Olympic wrestler. As we talked about with Ben earlier, yep. if you can dictate where the fight goes more often than not, you win. And, you know, you can say what
0: you want about Robert Whitaker, uh, you know, defending the takedown against UL or whatever you want to say, but no way UL was in his peak condition, you know, trying to kill himself to make weight.
1: True. He missed weight by a pound and a half. And also he had a bear of a time. Whitaker had a bear of a time with UL when i did the 25 greatest fights for the torch last year for the anniversary i actually had their second fight as my second greatest ever and i got a lot of email about oh why why go back and watch that fight you would never see two fighters more out on their feet than those two that was the greatest match i've ever seen wow outside of gregor Diaz and i beg anybody to go back and watch that fight yoel played possum for two rounds and utterly exploded on robert yeah and did. robert was out on his feet for three rounds yeah for three rounds and he didn't even bother to wrestle Robert. He didn't put him on the ground once. Imagine if he did. It's horrifying. You're right. And, you know, how tough is
0: Robert? I mean, yeah, I think he's one guy's... of the greatest
1: fighters in the world that nobody knows about. Robert oh. Whittaker is, uh, again, I, I'll say this often. I'm, I'm, I'm the treasurer, the founder of the fan club. And Robert Whittaker is, is my favorite yeah. because he's very understated. He's young. He took, he took his lumps early in his career. He lost to Wonder Boy. He lost some fights at 170, really came back and figured it out. Be yeah. two of the most horrifying human beings you'll ever see in your life. And uh, again, uh, I think he's a class of 185, no matter who comes up against him, even the hype train that is Israel Adesanya. So cool. big fan of Robert Whitaker. Lots of Whitaker talk here. Love the guy.
0: Yeah, me too. And I was, I, I, I was listening to Ariel on uh, ESPN when he broke the news that uh, – mm-hmm. That fight wasn't going to happen between Kelvin and uh, Robert Whittaker. I was like, shit, I'm not getting this pay per view. And I did still, of course. And I'm glad I did because, you know, there were shades of old Anderson against Israel there. But all right, it, it, coming back around here to John Jones and uh, Anthony Smith, I think we both agree, John Jones, however, he wants to.
1: I'm waiting for somebody to make a compelling argument between now and Saturday night at about 1130 that Anthony Smith has any chance in this fight.
0: And dear God, find a giant tree or something to knock on here. And I want, I want this fight to happen. I don't want anything to go wrong. I don't want a picogram or a missed weight or something stupid to happen. You know what I mean?
1: I think John does a good job of always making weight. I don't think it's a hard weight cut for him. Anthony as well. I think we'll be okay there. The only question is with John, is he going to go on a bender and, end up with some stripper you know in the police station somewhere i mean that's always the Uh, question with john unfortunately and it'll haunt him it'll haunt his career it'll haunt him for well after he's gone and it's unfortunate he's really a tragic figure
0: well we've done it man ufc 235 thanks so much for coming on man it was a blast i don't usually go an hour but uh this was super easy peasy you know and uh we'll definitely have to do this again
1: Brother, I love the Twitter accounts. Keep them coming and Thanks. uh anytime, give me a buzz.
0: Yeah, um listen, before on our way out, uh anything you like to promote? Anything you like to throw out there? Catch me on the
1: mmatorch.com. I, 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 I do a lot of uh you know, I'm a journalism grad, a lot of long-form long-form stuff that's sort of my first love. Nice. Um my content is there's it's not a lot in volume. I've been doing one story right now that I've been working on for about three and a half months that's going to drop soon. I do our weekly rankings. I do a uh, weekly podcast. I'm in a Twitch today. I talk a lot of fighter interviews, had some really cool people on. Uh, I'll continue to do that. Cool journalists, much like yourself, Aaron. I'll probably hit you up. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just love covering uh, my favorite sport. It's a dream come true. I would recommend anybody out there who wants to do something cool with their life to just go out and get it, man. I did it and I got zero talent really. So, um,
0: if you're ever looking for, uh, inconsistent, uh, freelance writers that occasionally turn out a gem, (laughs) let me know. Uh, I have a few under my belt. So
1: awesome, man. And, uh, yeah, I do most interesting podcasts in the world. It's, uh, something I do on Stitcher. It's my own sort of venture that, uh, you know, outside of MMA, like I say, MMA is always my base camp. I'm always going to go back to that. But I'm um, so many eclectic interests. I've done everything from the SEAL who killed Bin Laden on my podcast to awesome. football executive. So I do everything, man. Um, uh, I have a lot of eclectic interests and I like interesting people. So yeah, yeah. And catch me on Twitter at IrishMMA84. If you want to fight, I'm always going to respond to you because <laughs> I have nothing to do. My wife tells me to take out the trash, and then I'm kind of just trolling for the rest of the night. So <laughs>
0: nice, <laughs> nice, beautiful. You got to fill the wife's love tank, and then uh, you can get back to Twitter. You know. Sure. So anyone out there, when your wife talks, you just shut up and listen.
1: And that's you have it. to. And Not need... married yet? Take it from a couple married guys. Yeah. Just the yeah. wife is always right. It doesn't take matter. your l. Move on.
0: When you're right, yeah. you're wrong. When you're wrong, you're wrong. So you might as well be. <laughs> right and wrong at the same time and watch sports center or whatever it is you want to do later. But uh, if you didn't catch all, he said where you can find them, all of the uh, links will be in the show notes on the YouTube and on the podcast, wherever you can find a podcast. will be there. But uh, buddy, I think I'm going to say goodbye and we'll definitely have to do this again. Thanks brother. Take Uh, care. All right. You too. Thanks.
1: Please remember to support the podcast by visiting the affiliate links on AaronSaysWhat.com. Are you looking for a permanent home for your podcast? Well, Spreaker can do it all. Spreaker will give you your own RSS feed that you can submit to other platforms, including iTunes. Spreaker's mobile app will let you record from your smartphone, or you can use their web-based console with everything you need to record. Their podcasting plans include being able to host multiple shows at no extra charge. Got a YouTube channel? Spreaker's got you covered. You can effortlessly upload your podcast audio to your channel. You can even move your current podcast to Spreaker without losing any of your iTunes subscribers. Try any 30 days for free using promo code ASW.